0: Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. Gentlemen, I'm here to help you with your history report.
1: Bill. What? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K.
2: Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan.
3: And I'm Greg. Uh, It's a Friday night pod, Mm -hmm. which is always fun.
2: Yeah. The
3: first day of the weekend. (laughs) Weekend Eve. Weekend Eve. Um, Hey, so Carol had the nerve to go, hey, who do we know, out of the blue this (laughs) week, who do we know that's a Seinfeld fan? (laughs) And I said, what, like other than me or like more than me? What, what, what? She goes, you don't like Seinfeld. (laughs) What? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you never talk about Seinfeld. I'm like, okay, well, I probably do a little bit. And
2: Does she not watch it? Because she will probably referencing it and she doesn't notice. Maybe. I would say like, who do you know that's not a Seinfeld guy? Yeah. What a strange. I I I does things like that sometimes where I'm like, are we? Do you? Do you, yeah? Like buy me a croissant.
3: Well, I, I mean, don't like
2: croissants.
3: Yeah, this, look, that's a whole other problem.
2: It is a problem that I don't like croissants, but y- do you know sh- me or not? Sh- you she knew. should know the problem.
3: <laughs> I'd buy you one just so then i go, oh, yeah. And then you'll eat now it. Now I have true. <laughs> Speaking of two.
2: Maybe that's what she did. Maybe. Speaking of two, yeah. Two.
3: Bill and Ted. That's uh, yeah. two. They're excellent adventure. Yeah, they had one. They sure did back in
2: 89. 89. 89, so We're going to talk about it. It's yet, so, so close. So, <laughs> so we haven't done for any new listeners because it's been quite a while. It has. Um Every time we do a movie from 1988, Greg makes it his job to give us a little more insight into <laughs> Expo '88, uh-huh. hosted in Brisbane that year. Yeah, the World's Fair. The World's Fair, that type of shit. Yeah. Now there were no expos in '89, as far as I know.
3: No, there was a massive hangover. Um, oh, yeah. Come yeah. down from Expo '88, of course. Yeah. But um, you know what I did? I, look, I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole on 89. Right. So you have to bear with me a little. So I thought I'd have a look at cartoons because it's been a little while oh, since yeah. we've talked about cartoons. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, it was the launch of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. very significant. I feel like it's ever going to be appropriate just to talk briefly about The Simpsons. So we won't, yeah. I'm not going to talk briefly about The Simpsons other, to, other than to acknowledge it. this was their yeah their first year. At the other end of the spectrum there was a show called Ring Raiders. Do, not, the porn barric- do not look raiding? at the porn parody of <laughs> Ring Raiders. Uh, it was based on a toy line made by Matchbox. Um, I think it was some flighty, it's kind of like fly things, had the toys there, produced right. by Dick Enterprises. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Couldn't make that They up.
2: produced this, no, I think they did the Bill and Ted cartoon.
3: Yeah. Actually, I think it was Bill and Ted cartoon that got me in. This. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I should have,
2: that was important. Thank <laughs> you.
3: Um, Look, somewhere in the middle of these two was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Was that
2: big for you? Yeah. Me too.
1: Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Rangers. And
2: And one was dressed like Indiana Jones and one was dressed like Magnum P.I. Magnum
1: P.I.
3: Genius. Mm. So they had a detective agency. They were solving crimes too small (laughs) for police. They had their sidekicks.
2: Too small for police. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's cute. <laughs> Good
3: idea. Now, listen, I did start thinking, this is where we go down a little bit of a wormhole. Mm. I did start thinking, where did this name come from? Chippendales. Oh, yeah. There's a Chippendale suburb.
2: Uh, there's the Chippendales.
3: There's the Chippendales, which I'm going to hone in on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the the Chippendales, the um, male dancing squads Yeah. slash global franchise. Yeah. They're Aussies,
2: um, right? They're all Aussie, I think. That's that's part of the thing. No, what Oh not no, really? I'm thinking of Thunder from Down Under. <laughs> That'd be a- uh, Yeah, that makes more sense. R- R- I saw them in Vegas at a at a bachelorette thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the I knew a guy that was a, a Chippendale. An, oh, Aussie, really? an Aussie guy,
2: stripper J. Ah. He was a good guy. I think Aussies are just well represented in the stripping community. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Let's stick with that. So this
3: is a fascinating story. Okay. The story of the Chippendales.
2: Is it what the cartoon was named after? I assume so. Okay.
3: <laughs> so the Chippendales were formed in 1979 as an all male dance troupe. Yep. Story goes an Indian born businessman by the name of Soman, or went by Steve uh, Banerjee, bought a West Hollywood bar in 1975. Um, it was a pretty lousy joint, renamed it to Chippendales, and started hosting oh. ladies' nights, which was super successful. Right. So it builds on the success, opens up new clubs in um, New York, in mm-hmm. Dallas, in Denver. He had three touring troops at any time; they're all over Europe and, and the U.S. Mm-hmm. So he's he's killing it. Uh, interesting choice of words. Oh, and uh, similar clubs start opening. Yeah. Right. You know, they people see a trend, and Coyote Ugly, such is Commerce, they jump on it. Coyote Ugly is the opposite, different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's more Bechtel territory, I guess it is. Um. So Banerjee is not liking these new, you know, people stealing his idea basically. Yeah. Um, so he sets fire to three of the other clubs. Yeah. To start start the ball rolling. Um, he hired a hitman to murder. All mur- that
2: grease. It would have just gone up in flames. Oh, can
3: you imagine? <laughs> um, he hires a hitman to murder one of his choreographers, his main choreographer. What? Yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, there's a background, I'm sure. That's crazy. Um had two other former associates killed by hired professionals.
2: Fuck, there's your movie magic, Mike.
3: Yeah. arrest. And then he was arrested in 93, and then he hanged himself in a cell in his cell a year later. Shit. Seems like quite a story. Seems like Hollywood might want to get involved. Yeah. Well, you're right, Tristan. Ah. None other than the great Tony Scott of Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2 fame.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, he's apparently working on this now. Started a few years ago, so I don't
2: know exactly oh, what's no. going on. Because he's dead now. Did he die? Yeah. Tony Scott killed himself. When? So the Chippendale curse continues. It does. years ago because he's not doing um, the Top Gun sequel.
3: Oh. He jumped off a
2: bridge or something.
3: I didn't know that. Yeah. So Tony Scott, when he was alive, <laughs> was apparently working on this. He had Dev Patel as uh, Banerjee. Oh, yeah. Um, and Ben Stiller played the choreographer, which, so that must have been a, a big
2: part of it. That's mad. I think Jamie Jury was at Chippendale.
3: Yeah, he was something.
2: Maybe that's why I thought it was Aussie. It's on
3: IMDB. In development. There's something for you to do in your spare time. Google that and yeah. find out what's going on with IM Chippendales because that sounds like a great story.
2: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
3: Yeah. So that was 89 and
2: other years. <laughs> but a worthy rabbit hole, right? It's a good rabbit hole. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but to confirm, Chippendale <laughs> Rescue Rangers... Potentially not named after that, but definitely came in around eighty nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big year for uh, Chippendale and um, Tangents. <laughs> <laughs> big year for movies too. A movie, a, a year we've revisited a few times, but not for a while. Um, we did um, Honey I Shrunk the Kids way back in the day. We did Cyborg and Kickboxer in one episode way back in the day. Oh, yeah. We did Weekend at Bernie's, oh. which was also that year. But quite a jam-packed year. The number I'll, I'll go through the top ten because it has been a while. Number one movie was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Number two was Batman. Number three, Back to the Future Part Two. Uh huh. Number four, Look Who's Talking. Number five, Dead Poets Society. Number six, Lethal Weapon Two. Of course, uh, there's always a yeah, Lethal it's Weapon. It's to be a Lethal yeah. Weapon. Uh, number seven, Honey Ash Run the Kids, which we've covered. Number eight, the Little Mermaid. Number nine, nah. Ghostbusters Two. Number ten, License to Kill. Oh yeah, uh, but you'll never guess what came in at, in the top thirty-three. Oh, I can at the at number thirty-three specifically. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It came out in February of nineteen eighty-nine. Budget of six point five million dollars. Gross of fifty point four million dollars. That's some good Romy right there, isn't it? Some strong return on movie investment. Beautifully done. Rotten Tomato scores, critic score of 80%, audience score 75%, higher than I would have anticipated. Interesting. Yeah. I'm left surprised again. I'm left surprised only because, because we've talked about this, but we're more bogus journey kids, um, which we'll get more into this, but I think might still be better. But that had a much lower Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. So maybe that was maybe it's not. <laughs> um, not that I don't like this movie. We'll get into that. This this is a good picture, but um, it wasn't as big for me. Was it? Was this a big one for you, growing up?
3: We did talk about this prior, didn't we? And we both agreed um, that Bogus Journey was uh, was bigger for us. In, yeah, in our youth. Um, I do remember, like I remember this movie. Yeah, same. I remember the Wild Stallions being a cool band name. I remember idolizing these guys, thinking yeah. I didn't see them as flunks. I just no. saw them as two super cool guys. Yeah. yeah, the princesses.
2: I forgot about the princesses. I did not. Ah, oh, interesting. They
3: were, they were girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I remember. I just and I remember that stuff happened in the middle, and then I remember the beginning and the end.
2: Yeah, I remember, I've got I've got like a little montage in my head, I guess, of what that what this movie was. But yeah, plenty plenty of gaps. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was a I was a bogus journey kid. Yeah, was it a it timing probably, thing? It must have been a timing be a thing because I hired it a lot yeah. in video easy. Yeah. And watched it a lot, and I remember because no one else in my household was interested in it. Yeah. Because it yeah. was trash. It was considered trash in my house. <laughs> I think
3: even my mate who I'm who I rented most of my movies with at that stage didn't really like it as much. And kind of like, yeah. yeah, we have seen that a lot, mate.
2: Yeah, because I think there's definitely We'll get more into the legacy of this movie later, but there's definitely a weird, uh, what's the word? This movie's been on quite a quite a journey itself uh-huh. in that we're all obsessed with it. Then I think it was kind of like seen as just dumb. Yeah. But then it came back big time. It like closely mirrors the trajectory of Keanu as well because he was kind of seen as a bit of a joke in various pockets of time. Yeah. But I feel like we adore Bill and Ted in a very similar way to we adore – Keanu Reeves. It's probably, it's probably connection. Mm, yeah. That. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get into the rewatch in a second. Before we get into that, how about we get into the origin story? I would like to hear the origin story.
1: Origin Story.
2: So this is the brainchild of a couple of young bucks. Yep. A couple of college mates. Uh-huh. Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. To contextualise those two, Ed Solomon went on to write *Men in Black*, *Super Mario Brothers*, *Charlie's oh. Angels*—oh, quite a mixed bag—and Chris Matheson went on to write *A Goofy Movie*, amongst others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Ed seems to—well, there's a mixed bag for both. Yeah,
3: um, Ed's probably made more dough.
2: Yeah, potentially, depending um, on what the other guy did in his other.
3: Spare time.
2: Well, that's true actually. I think they're also theatre guys or something, so maybe the movie thing is not the whole deal.
3: Um, I could tell from those titles you read that they'd probably be more theatre.
2: Yeah, goofy, a goofy movie. A goofy movie. <laughs> Super Mario Blade. Brothers. Super Mario.
3: <laughs> Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, a, th- a stage production.
2: <laughs> well, funny enough, that's kind of how it started. Wow. So they were a couple of college mates. They were doing like improv and comedy and stuff. And um, these two characters started to emerge as like a recurring mm. character. They would do these two, you know, not not super bright guys talking about things they don't really understand, such as history.
3: Yeah. So um, that was
2: the uh, that was the bit. That was the bit. But then also using big words in weird places, kind of like they do. <laughs> and they evolved to get names Bill and Ted. The backstory started getting fleshed out. So just through the act of improvising, you know, this shit kind of happens. But apparently, there were three of them at first. There was Bill, Ted, and Bob. Ah, of course, <laughs> Bob doesn't quite roll off. Bill, <laughs> and get Ted the fuck out of here, Bob. And Bob's excellent adventure. <laughs> fuck you, Bob. You're out.
3: <laughs> we don't
2: need a Bob. Hey, hey, everybody! Everyone that is, is part of this troop, step forward. Not so fast Bob. <laughs> Here's the team list: <laughs> Bill, Ted. If your name's not on the list, you're cut. Poor Bob. We'll never know. I think he left himself.
3: Yeah, I think it was uh this band's going nowhere. Yeah, at Pete,
2: moment. Pete Best's scenario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know Pete Best, so he was the original drummer for the Beatles. He eventually released an album called Best of the Beatles. Nice. He he kinda SEO hacked them before search engines were a thing. Yeah. So people bought it thinking it was a Beatles compilation album, but it was just a Pete Best album. <laughs> <sighs>
3: <laughs> That's your angle.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Got to do what you got to oh, do. I wonder if Bob best. did the same. Poor Bob. Where are you now, Bob? Yeah, Bob. Are you listening? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, his more, name, more, his, more his more name Bob was Steve Carell. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, is he someone? He's probably no one. Poor bastard. You're nothing, Bob. <laughs> Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> You're a piece of shit, Bob. <laughs> Why would Bob walk out on these guys? I don't know. Everything was going so well, <laughs> well it sounds like it. I think it was very, very early days. I think it's like in their second performance or something um they they actually finished college at a certain point, I suppose, and they weren't living they, they went off into various roles, early stages of careers, but like they would Judge call each styles. other I think one was working on a TV show, the other one was working on something else, but they would call each other as Bill and Ted. they just had so much fun doing it, and um they were like, "Fuck, let's just make something out of it, and so they were going to make this movie. Um, that was had Bill and Ted as part of it, but sort of inspired by Monty Python was going to be a collection of different things. Mm, mm. But actually, Chris Matheson's dad who was also a writer. Yes, said, "No nah, man, that's the movie." Yeah, Bill and Ted, that's the movie, and he knows what he's talking about because he's written some actual movies. He's a sci-fi guy, right? He wrote I Am Legend, but I assume that's the old one, not the new one. He wrote *Duel*,
3: So, yeah, so he's, I understand him to be a science fiction guy.
2: Oh, yeah? I read that on Wiki or something. Right. I didn't read too much into him. That's all I read. But uh, then somehow the time travel thing came into it and, and just this idea of constantly putting these two, I want to say dumb guys. I know there's more to it than that, but let's just say these two dumb guys who don't really care up against these very significant moments and mm-hmm. people and things that are just like, yeah. Juxtaposition. Yeah, the old juxties. I love a good juxtaposition. Me too. And they've been acting as these characters for so long. They know him so well that it just pours out of them. They wrote this thing in four days. The script in four days. Wrote right itself. Wrote right itself, basically. Um, but hey, but there were a few differences in the original script versus what we saw on our screen.: ah? So originally Rufus played by George Carlin. It was called Ruben. It was called Ruben. Can you believe it? No, he was called Rufus, but he was a 28-year-old. Ah. Friend of theirs. From whom they borrowed a van. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But get this, the van was a time machine. Wow. So they borrowed a van from a guy named Rufus, some 28-year-old guy, and they end up in Nazi Germany somehow. So it seems more like a hot tub time machine scenario where they kind of accidentally get there. Oh, and then they accidentally came back with Hitler. Oh. They swapped that out for Napoleon. Hitler
3: running around the um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: around the mall. Hitler on a It's not,
2: yeah. not as cute. I see where they were going on a, with water, it. Slide. On a water
3: slide. Yeah, <laughs> Napoleon Genghis.
2: You know what? They could have done it because maybe it hadn't been long enough. But um Taika did his Hitler thing. Jojo Rabbit. Fuck yeah, that was, shit'll make you cry, man. Yeah, I haven't
3: seen it yet. <sighs> really. Oh,
2: you have to wait for the whole credits to end before you get up and leave the cinema just so you don't look like you've been crying. you are to embrace it. Yeah. 20, 2020, baby. 2020. Did you cry in this movie? I didn't. Did you cry in Ghost? Yes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with other changes. So there was no Hitler in there. They also ditched the van yeah, because it was too close to Back to the Future. Fair enough. And they they went for a phone booth instead. Yeah, which was completely original.
3: (laughs) No one has ever done a time
2: travel. In the US. (laughs) Was that intentional? One thing I read said it was a reference to Doctor Who. Another thing I read said, yeah, they didn't really care. care." (laughs) I think it's a reference. I think so. Why not? Give them some credit. Um, Should we get into casting? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, apparently there were hundreds of actors. It looks like quite an ordeal, this casting process. They just kept getting different people together. They knew it was all about the chemistry. All kinds of people. Yeah. I think Keanu was pretty early on. They were like, okay, this, this guy's definitely one of our guys.
3: He's Bill andor Ted.
2: Yeah, and so there was a lot of just matching up with Keanu. Um, but one of the more interesting names in the rotation was one, Paulie Shaw. Yes, I have a little key of mm. right here, buddy.
1: Bill, what? These are heavy. Yeah, dude, heavy metal, man. <laughs> you know, I feel like the dude in The Wizard of Oz. The straw, dude? No, not that, dude. If I only had a heart, will I be most triumphant and ever far? If I only had a heart. <laughs> Way to go, dude. <laughs>
2: Spoiler alert didn't get the part. Mm. Although he was fine. the um There's a whole bunch of other audition things that have just been released because of the new one coming out. And um most of those guys I don't really recognize. But they say that other names in the mix include the likes of Sean Penn, Brendan Fraser yeah, and uh, River Phoenix. But none of whom are in those videos. So I don't know if they actually were.
3: Sean Penn had pretty good pedigree in this. He sure as, did. As Spicoli,
2: yeah, yeah, in the old fast times at, Richmond High. Richmond High, Jeff Spicoli.
3: <laughs> I would have thought he was somewhat of a, an inspiration to this these characters. Yeah,
2: I reckon he must have been. Because yeah, that was before, right? Yeah, was that something was something else too. That was
3: I think seventy nine or something, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, that was early. But obviously, we landed with. Oh no,
3: sorry, it's eighty two.
2: Oh, I did still. Yeah, it's still yes. Yeah. was a long time. Obviously, we ended up with uh, Alex Winter as Bill S. Preston Esquire. I love the names;
3: they are great. Aren't um,
2: they? Keanu Reeves as Ted Theodore Logan. George Carlin as Rufus, but not right away. They were, he was one of the last people to get cast. They were already shooting, and they didn't have their Rufus yet. Was Rufus? Oh, was the Rufus still twenty eight at that point? Perhaps. Yeah, unsure. But apparently, they were looking at a few different. Types of people, a few kind of rock star nods such as Ringo Starr, Roger Daltrey, oh, yeah. but also mm-hmm. Sean Connery just because I suppose. Mm. Uh, but obviously they didn't go with any of them. They went with George Carlin, which seems like the right choice to me, but more on that later.
3: Interesting they had those names you mentioned were all Brits. Oh,
2: yeah. Now, you know what happened next? They got all these people in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. They shot a picture. They made yeah. the movie. Plot twist: They didn't release the movie for fucking ages. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's wrap party. The viper weird. Did room. Did they have time. the wrap party? Well, not quite yet, because the, they had a rap party. The the, the 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 distribution company. Well, maybe they still had a wrap party. They should have. But yeah, probably, because they wrapped. They finished shooting it. Yeah, that's a wrap. That's oh, a that's a wrap. Let's have a party, maybe down the viper room. Mm. So I guess that happened. But it, it ultimately, well, not ultimately. It briefly got shelved. It was almost going straight to <gasps> oh, video. So I know that, what
3: happened. What? They didn't want to release during Expo. It's too much. Well, you, you, you're going to have no audience. <laughs>
2: you're going to have no audience. Everyone, empty theatres. Everyone's either in Brisbane or calling their friends in Brisbane to hear about to hear High Divers. about
3: it. You, the high Divers. You couldn't have a, like a, a release <laughs> tour because all the talent would have been.
2: All the PR is, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't be able to get on the Lettermans and such mm-hmm. because obviously they're speaking to High Divers. From back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately the, the issue here was um, none of that actually but rather the hmm. the, the distri- distributor went out of business. Yeah. So the film was nearly released straight to video but luckily the business that went out of business <laughs> had people that went to another business. Different business. They went to a different business called Orion Pictures.
3: Oh, yeah, a little little, little
2: company called Orion. Yeah, a little company called Orion. Um, they did a screen test and it was through the – Charts it passed. Wait, is that a saying this through the charts, um, um, off the charts, off the charts, through the charts, then straight off them, through the top, through the top of the charts, off of them, and then yep. into yeah, into the stratosphere of you get what I'm saying. Success. I was very articulate. They locked it in, and, and then a second round rap party, I suppose. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, and it came out, <laughs> and
3: people watched it, <laughs> and then
2: they watched it, and then thirty or so years later. A couple of jerks make a podcast about yeah,
3: it. Yeah, with a dog. <laughs> with a dog. You play
2: the trailer. Play the trailer.
0: Now, a motion picture so grand, <gasps> so magnificent, and so vast, it spans seven thousand years.
1: No way. way. Yes way.
0: But it starts with Bill.
1: I'm Bill S. Preston.
0: Who was Joan of Arc and Ted.
1: Noah's wife? We're in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow.
0: A force from the future.
1: Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want.
0: Is putting history at their fingertips.
1: Let's reach out and touch someone.
0: They're traveling through time.
1: How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the iron maiden. Excellent!
0: Execute them.
1: Burgess. How's, How's it going, going dudes?
0: And they're making a big impression.
1: Historical babes.
0: Now they're home.
1: Buddy, get together. Remember who your buddy is.
0: To trash. The 20th century.
4: got a live one here.
0: Keanu Reeves. Alex Winter. Napoleon.
4: We're from history.
0: Billy the Kid.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven.
1: Genghis Khan!
0: Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Garland. We're history.
1: If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes!
0: (sighs) Bill and Ted's...
1: Excellent! Excellent!
0: Excellent Adventure. On, dude? Not a bad
2: trailer, there, Greg. Not bad at all. Does a nice job of introducing the these these this cast of characters that we're dealing with. Yeah, really captures maybe perhaps the tone, but maybe not quite the plot.
3: Okay, well, this one really is—it's uh, one for the slackers, the stoners, the dreamers, the underachievers. Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan are two high school mates. They hang out in their parents' garage fantasising about their imaginary rock band, The Wild Stallions. Mm. It's obviously a very cool name. Yeah. And the band has Keanu Reeves in it, so you know they're going to be fine. Yeah. But at this moment in time, they don't realise that.
2: Yeah, because they can't play instruments.
3: They can't play the instruments. Things are about to get worse when they realise they're just one exam away from failing history. Yeah. High school. Yeah. Which would see Ted go to military school. Right. Military school in Alaska.
2: Alaska military school. Right.
3: Meanwhile, Bill's dad has a super young belter of a girlfriend (laughs) and he bangs her in Bill's room.
2: (laughs) So weird.
3: Which is super weird. So, anyways, it turns out Bill and Ted are a big deal in the future. Some guy comes, Rufus, and paints a utopian future that is basically built Mm. off the of the music and knowledge of these two gentlemen. Yeah. The ideals of the future society are be excellent to each other and party on, dude. (laughs) It's good. It is good. So the music saves humanity, but to do so they have to pass the history test. So they take the TARDIS back in time and collect characters of note through history to help them with their presentation. There's some hijinks along the way and they pass the test and they also get the princesses, which makes it a love story. Four stars.
2: Ah, yeah. Four stars. Yeah. Out of how many stars? Uh, five.
3: It's probably it's probably more of a three and a half, to be honest.
2: Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I had a thing happen to me where I, I watched it once this week and then half again this morning. Mm-hmm. And then I realized something I didn't get the first time, which makes me think there's maybe other things I didn't get. Uh, so yep. Forgive me, listeners, if I tread incorrectly on some of my points I'm going to make, but I- I'll try and call out the parts where I think I may be incorrect. But either way, it's worth talking about. Go, go. go. Um, well, we'll get the into suspense. That. Well, we'll get into those in a second. But just in a, of initial, in terms yes. of initial rewatch, yes. Um, there's definitely a lot more than than I remembered. <laughs>
3: In the movie, it was longer.
2: No, just a lot of gaps. Um, uh-huh. Definitely reinforced my my um, bogusness, being more of a bogus boy. I thought George Cullen had a ponytail in this. Didn't he? He didn't. <laughs> he did not. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It was slicked back. It was slicked back, but without a ponytail.
3: I thought there was a ponytail. Me yeah,
2: too. I, I, I Unless also, that, maybe that, again, maybe that's something I missed and it actually was. But I looked. At least in one scene, there was not a ponytail. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I actually, it reminded me, I think there was a point in my life before I knew who George Carlin was that I thought it was Donald Sutherland. Oh, yeah? kind of see that, right? Good. Yeah, but it wasn't. It no, was George it was Carlin. George Carlin this whole time. <laughs> yeah, this whole time.
3: I didn't know him when I
2: watched it the nah, first time. Then. No way. When I was a kid. Yeah, I think um, in terms of like initial initial impressions – I would say it's like, it's not like laugh out loud funny, although there are a couple of moments that are laugh out loud. But it's more like, it's not as hilarious as it is just adorable. Yeah. They're pleasant. Just, yeah, it's just pleasant. They're so sincere and like Ern- earnest. Ernest. Yeah. Ernest. Thank you, that's the word. Yeah, they're earnest. And it just is a bit like a Weird Al Yankovic song. Where because he released an album a few years ago, right, yeah, and it was the first time I'd listened to it in ages, and he realized these are very just these are very <laughs> innocent, not crude or crass, just very well natured parodies mm. <laughs> there's no bite to them whatsoever <laughs> yeah um and it reminded me of that in a sense, where it's like you know these guys are. Stoner types, but they're not explicitly stoners, and that kind of thing. Mm. It's just all very nice, and they're good people, and there's not really too much. There's tension, but there's not like there's no asshole or there's no. Not
3: really, yeah. Yeah. Even Genghis Khan and Napoleon, it seemed like good guys. The, yeah, they
2: love a water slide.
3: It's funny you mention that because I was trying to remember if my parents. I don't think my dad liked me watching this movie. Right. Which is interesting in hindsight, given what you've just said.
2: Well, I feel I think it was maybe just the time because that's that's the vibe I felt with even with watching Bogus journey. Mm-hmm. I think it was viewed as like don't let your kids, kids watch this trash. Yeah, I feel like it was, and it wouldn't surprise me. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that occurred to me in watching this was what happened. Why don't people tie their jumpers around their waist anymore?
3: Makes your ass look
2: big. Then But people want that these days. Too sure. I could use that. Too sure. I should tie two jackets around my waist. I should not. <laughs> Did you? I used to have a jacket around my waist all the time as a kid. It just even if I just as like a fashion thing, not just for utility. Mm. Did you? Definitely. Or maybe it was because of this. Maybe
3: I would say watching. It's never come back. Bill's Bill's uh, outfit was even though he had the male mid it was yeah. a, it was a better outfit than,
2: than Ted's. They don't like the vest. Don't like the vest. No. But I do like the jacket around tying it up around the waist. I'm down with that. Why don't why hasn't it come back?
3: Well, because people have t-shirts so long these days that it covers the same length that having something tied around your waist. <laughs> yeah, thing. I guess so. Or you put it around your shoulders.
2: Like we had it up until the grunge years and then it kind of finished.
3: Yeah, they, they did it with a flannel, didn't yeah, they?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? How was how was your rewatch?
3: Much the much yeah, similar. <laughs> much the much the similar.
2: Much the similar. It
3: was pleasant. It was a bit slow in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it finished strong. I had um, moments like that. Yeah. yeah. I tuned out a little bit. I think I was watching one of the challenges of this whole setup, Double Impact Malarkey, <laughs> is sometimes you've got to watch a movie when you're not pumped to watch the movie. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I could never be some kind of film person because I've got to be in the mood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Be in the mood.
2: <laughs> I was actually like that last week with um, Hot Dog. Yeah. I started one night and I was like, I nah, can't do it Can't tonight. do it.
3: Like they have a massive day at work, you know, yeah. and you're just like, I'm pretty knackered. I won't do
2: the movie justice. Exactly. Which then I was in a race against time with the hiring period because oh. I pressed play, it started. Oh, it was a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very
3: stressful existence oh, we have out yeah. there, friends of the show. It is. You uh, never I, understand. They, I just wouldn't. I enjoyed the dialogue. Um, I think it's packed with like low-key killer lines. There's I agree. little subtle ones.
2: I couldn't agree more, Greg. I wrote a couple down because I was. That, those are the moments where I actually lolled. Yeah. My favorite one,
1: Bill. What? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K.
2: Bill, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I had that too. You and I have witnessed many things, but nothing is bodacious. This. <laughs> Most excellent. And they always say each other's names Bill, Ted. Like it's always. I love that. <laughs> I'm Bill. This is Ted. We're from the future. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And it's so genuine. They're so sincere with yeah, all the delivery of it. They're lovely guys. <laughs>
3: so lovely. I love it at the end when they go, maybe we should actually learn to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he just says a deadpan, like, yeah.
2: I think that's that they play it so straight, yeah, I mean not straight, yeah, not straight like, um, you know, naked gun or whatever, but like they're still being over the top, but they're not, They're not like slinging jokes, yeah, they're like serious, everything they say is serious, which and is, they are
3: kind of serious guys, yeah, but yeah, you know, as, far far as, weird, they, as far as they would see themselves, yeah, yeah,
2: they don't think they're being funny, yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a couple of questions, though, a oh, few yeah. questions,
3: plot questions, or.
2: Uh, yeah.
3: I'll answer them for you.
2: Okay. <laughs> hey, plug guy.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Wait, wait, wait. wait. <clears throat> yes. They're yeah. quite cool with all these people they've kidnapped seem to be quite okay with it. Only with being kidnapped? Yeah, because only Billy the Kid seemed to be consensual. The rest they just kind of like, hey, you're coming with us. Get in the phone booth. Yeah.
3: I think, yeah, look.
2: Not good, to mention, point. in the end, Rufus kidnaps two princesses as a reward. Hey, I stole these two princesses for you. Enjoy. (laughs) That's literally the ending. (laughs) I mean, they're going to get
3: married off anyway. Yeah. May as well get married off in the future.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we'll we'll get into in a second in terms of the time travel logic of this film, it was always going to happen. Exactly. It was always going to happen.
3: George isn't, Rufus isn't there, you know, like changing history. He's just facilitating the correct path.
2: (sighs) That's a beautiful way to put it, Greg. I'm going to come back to that, but, in the, but before, before that I have more questions. Yes. I've got a question for you, Greg. Oh, yeah? Why did Joan of Arc want to teach an aerobics class? Yeah, Carol wasn't impressed with that bit. I thought that they were suggesting she was a lesbian, which I thought was interesting because it looked like she was staring at the instructor like, whoa. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, not, maybe not cool, but it's interesting. It's a choice. They've, they've gone for something here. But well, then she goes and teaches the class. One is that a, like being a leader or something? Oh, yeah. I, it's a stretch. This is a scene in the shopping mall where all these historical figures are in a shopping mall. Yeah. Mozart's playing pianos, electric piano. Yeah, he pianis, finds the piano shop Napoleon's and takes over. Napoleon's been an asshole. Yeah. Genghis Khan
3: goes to the sports store and starts beating up a dummy. And Yeah. So they're kind of queuing them to do things they're famous for kind of.
2: Aerobics. She's a female. Is that what it is?
3: I don't, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's anything great.
2: No. It's a bit random.
3: And I assume that that was a bit more of the style at the time. Maybe it's happened Maybe. in malls. I haven't seen an aerobics class at a mall.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. There's all this demo gym equipment and like these roided-up dudes showing you how to use like… Curl machines. Yeah, yeah, the curl machines. That's exactly what I was just having in my head. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It's very weird. Maybe a couple of Chippendales in the mix. Maybe. Um, or soon to be. I've got another question for you, Greg. Yeah you're going to cast someone as Beethoven, why Why can't you get someone that looks like he can pretend to play piano? Was he, he had was he the doing? worst fake piano ever seen. The one where they show, you don't even show the keys. Now, granted, this is the week after Hard Target where we, we saw um, Old Mate do some of the best fake piano. Oh, yeah, I think he did some real piano in it too. Did he? Lance Henriksen. Playing piano in Hard Target, looking at himself quite in a the moment, mirror, looking at himself seductively. It was it was sexual. This was a stark contrast. He was doing that thing. It's a, it's the equivalent of like people driving in movies where they keep <laughs> where they shaking the wheel, <laughs> yeah, shaking the wheel. It's like you're zigzagging all over the place. Yeah, you're, you're hitting people. He was just doing. He was doing you know one of the famous Beethoven things. I'm so cultured, and he was just like seventh. I think He was doing the seventh. Hands were just. Like <laughs> was he <laughs> doing that? It was just not even in any way related to what was being played. Excellent. And not, not extreme enough for that to be the joke either. It was just poor. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Get another guy. Get another guy.
3: Or just take 10 minutes to try
2: and copy a person playing piano. Exactly. Yeah. You can learn that. You're an actor. I got two more questions. yeah. How did they recognize Sigmund Freud? That has to be the least recognizable of the lot. A lot of the other ones, they had cues that told them it was them. This one, it was just a guy in the street and they go, oh, it's Sigmund Freud. Yeah. I wouldn't know what he looks like. Yeah, do you have those little round glasses? Maybe. Yeah. Have a goatee? Yeah, maybe.
3: Maybe he had a book on psychology. Maybe he did. Fair question.
2: It's a fair question, I think. I support For a couple question. of guys that know nothing about history, they recognised the most obscure one, mm. a white Unlikely. guy. Unlikely. Yeah. Oh, man, but there was a lot I liked about this movie. You've covered most of it with, with the dialogue and – that kind of shit. uh, There's actually a nice clip of um, Alex winter bill himself Uh talking about how that's what drew him to the project. And he, he makes a really good point, which we can listen to and then elaborate on.
4: You know, I didn't really know what I liked about the pages when I got them was that, you know, at that age, you're getting a lot of material uh, and a lot of it is very same -same samey. And and a lot of it is, is in those days was and I like John Hughes movies, but it was a lot of it was, you know, sort of John Hughes. You're playing a 16 year old who talks like a 40 year old with you know, neuroses and sexual hangups, And, you know, and and then here were these guys that went, it went the other way. They were played like they were played straight, but they were like nine or 10 year olds with this extraordinarily complex language. And that idiosyncrasy struck me as, as I was like, I haven't read anything like that. And I can tell you, um, you know, like Cannon, not haven't come up uh, by then doing theater and things like that. It fe- it, it's rare to get scripts when you're that young that have any language to them at all, that has any sort of complexity or rhythm or anything. And so it was just fun. And so the auditions, even though they were endless and, and uh, excruciating, Um, they were, it was fun to when you finally got to just go into the Bill and Ted playground and say that dialogue.
2: It's a good point. Really Uh contextualizes what was going on at the time. It was definitely the, uh, John Hughes era. Yeah. With, yeah, kids talking like adults and such. And here you've got like teenagers talking like little kids. Yeah. Sipping coffee and talking about, oh, I've got 16 candles and isn't science weird?
3: And I have emotions.
2: I have emotions.
3: Did I ever tell you about the time that my friend Tom Rankin made me go and have coffee when I was like 14? It's <laughs> like, we're going to have coffee. I'm like, well, oh, what? Like,
2: as a, like
3: a thing. Yeah, we're going to coffee. And we went to this little coffee shop in Mossman near the Mossman Junction there. Mm. And we're sitting in there. It was like a diner. And he's like, yeah, ordering coffee. And I'm like, what are we doing here? This, this place is pretty boring, man. I think like my mum might be here. <laughs> He's like, man, we're drinking coffee. It's the coffee club. I'm like, it's crack- Christchurch's patisserie. I- <laughs> like, Can I get a chocolate milkshake? And he's like, oh, we're drinking coffee.
2: I had a similar moment to that at have uni. Have a latte. I was, I was at uni at this point. Oh, really? I was pretty late to coffee. Yeah. And um, like other people were getting coffees. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll get a hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Why like I, got, I have coffee, when I have chocolate. I got that judgy, like, oh. <sighs> I'm like, all right, I'll have a flat white with five sugars, please.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And chocolate sprinkles. I feel like that's part of growing up.
2: It's growing up. You start off with a coffee with all this sugar in it and just slowly over time you reduce the sugars.
3: Yeah, as sweetness runs from your life. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyway. um, Where were we? Where we were talking about the John Hughes era and perhaps Ah. that this movie potentially zigged when John Hughes zagged. Because uh, I've been trying to figure out why, why is it this movie that has resonated so much? Because just a couple of years earlier, you had you had um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Obviously, that has that stuck around. But mm. then you've also got movies like Weekend of Bernie's, which I think was just a year or so earlier. Mm. Why hasn't that stuck around? No, that that was this year. Yeah, that yeah, was this year. The long. same year. It only came out three. We
3: discussed years. that at the beginning.
2: We did. Sorry, it came out it came out of my mouth. Do you know what would have been good it if. It came they, in at number 39. It only came in like five numbers after this. It would so have, They they're kind of on paper on, had the same thing.
3: It would have been good if yeah. Bernie's Corpse was one of the people they took on this little journey.
2: He listed in Hollywood. Yeah. get him out of the phone booth.
3: 33 and 39 films combined. You get yourself a number one.
2: Yeah. The world's colliding. The two titans. Of yeah. The, the movies of in the, the 30s. Because, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's interesting. May, like maybe that's why this movie. Struck a chord in culture. I, I don't know. The other thing I like about it, we sort of touched on, is that there's not really a hardcore antagonist. Like, yeah. Ted's dad is a dick, but is. What
3: not, do we get? Like one scene with yeah. him?
2: Yeah. And Bill, Bill's st- parents are just heaps weird, but nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm
3: kind of into it though.
2: Yeah. And the stepmom, I like that she's not an asshole. She seems lovely. She's awesome. She's just young.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's super young and hot. Yeah. And then the dad's not like Dawson's Creek dad or anything. He's yeah. like. Some guy. He's some guy in, He's his, like, in an average house. Get out of your room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he looks like a. If you haven't watched it in preparation for this episode, what we're talking about is uh, Bill's dad and his stepmom literally walk into Bill's room, small talk, and then like, yeah, get out. Can you get out of the room, please? We are going to use this. Yeah, for sex.
3: For sexing, for sexing. on your bed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but
3: it's just adorable.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. charming. It's uh,
3: it's yeah. lovely. Yeah. And there's also a big Sunday in it. Napoleon eats. Yeah. I was a giant thinking that. Sundae. I've
2: never seen one of those in real life. I see it in American movies, probably not so much these days. F-
3: yeah. It's a bit of a mirage for me. Yeah. I always like the idea of a giant Sunday. I would sundae. love that. I would love that. I um, would love it. Carol's like, it's Sundays, you don't see Sundays anymore. And I said, I would love a Sunday.
2: Banana splits. Remember banana splits? Man,
3: I used to make them at home when they stopped making them at the places.
2: Yeah. Where are the bananas? Occasionally they
3: pop up on a menu. They're very deconstructed.
2: Oh, it is, yeah, it's yeah, ironic. You got to peel your own banana or something.
3: Yeah, shit. yeah, and they're just taking the piss a little bit. Yeah, I want whipped cream and the little diced nuts there and the chocolate. Yeah, on the banana.
2: Yeah, it's not hard, guys. Yeah,
3: and don't chop the banana up. I want lengthways.
2: Yeah, yeah, split. Yeah. Oh, and I was listening to a little podcast this week with um one of the writers on it talking about banana splits. Um, no, talking about Bill and Ted. Mm. Um, it was Chris Chris Matheson, goofy movie guy.
3: Oh, is this the one Jaso put us on to? Is that who it was? It was yes. Jaso, courtesy of
2: J-So. Thanks, Jaso. It was a good listen. So basically what he talked about a lot, that podcast is all about psychology. It's called Very Bad Wizards, but they have a special guest, this guy that wrote this movie, co-wrote this movie, and he talks about, they talk a lot about the psychology of what humour is and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into all that cuz I didn't understand it all. Yeah. But what I did understand I think perhaps is that his take on humor is that the stuff he likes the most is the stuff that sucks the air out of the overinflated. It's the it's not pretentious and it's just kind of like don't overthink it, don't take yourself too seriously, which is very much in the spirit of this movie I think and I think is part of the magic of this movie. You know, it's not, it's not like mm-hmm. trying to be super smart, although there's smart things in there. Yeah. But it's not like, look how clever we are. Like it's, there's none of that. It's just a couple of guys, almost like, um, did you ever read The Little Prince? Of course. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's a kid and he says all these profound things, but most of it are just things you would agree with as a kid. Mm. I feel like these two are kind of similar in their approach to life, just being very pure and open-minded and imaginative. And nice. Kind of shit. I like that. And Bill kind of looks like the Little Prince. He kind of does. He kind of does. Amazing.
3: You <laughs> know, in, in hindsight, it was quite their, their character. Their setup was pretty relatable. You know, they got these yeah. two kids having genuine debate about what was going to make their band bigger. Yeah, yeah. Recruiting Eddie Van Halen or a righteous video clip, like two yeah. things that were just <laughs> never going to happen. And they were debating it, arguing it like it was an actual thing. Yeah. But it was just a fantasy. I kind of related to that. I'm sure I had these sort of conversations. A oh,
2: 100%. Like what I remember just having very serious arguments about like how you could kill a 1000 Terminator or, you know, just stuff that's like there's no.
3: Yeah. You no, know, that wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> or Stevich talking how he could beat up a
2: Congo monkey <laughs> exactly. and how he would do that. Exactly. <laughs> Go listen to the Congo episode for an expanded story. Yeah. Um. This is our third time travel movie. And I think each time travel movie we've kind of tried to give a little time travel analysis. What's the logic they're using for yep. this movie? Uh-huh. Um, and I think broadly speaking there are kind of three schools of thought on the time travel thing when it comes to movies, two of which we've we've seen come to life in Back to the Future and Terminator. Uh-huh. Um, the first one, the Terminator one, is essentially the cycle, the loop. Same goes in 12 Monkeys. What you said so eloquently before, was always going to happen and George Carlin just did the thing he was always supposed to do to yeah. yada, yada, uh-huh. yada. So, you know, in, in Terminator, Kyle Reese was always going to be John Connor's dad. It yeah. was like pre, it's a cycle. A head-scratching cycle. It's a head-scratching cycle. The second type is more like back to the future where you go to the past, you change the things, the future changes. Future changes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at talking about this. No, you're good at it. You're good. But then, like, you know, in Terminate, if you go to the past and change something, it doesn't change anything because that was always going to happen. That's yeah. Like the, yeah. And then, uh, then then, more recently, the third theory that's kind of into popular culture is the uh, Avengers Endgame theory where it's just like, hey, just go with whatever we're doing here. Yeah,
3: it's time travel. Really. <laughs> that means, yeah. Literally,
2: and they address it. They own it, but they really don't explain it very well. They're just like, changing the past doesn't change the future because if you go to the past, that past is now your future. Yeah, but, huh? (laughs) It's very confusing. But when
3: you've got Mark Ruffalo as a big green man with glasses. He's
2: got glasses on so he knows what he's talking about.
3: And he's kind of shouting it's semi-intimidating, semi-science. Yes,
2: sir. Yeah, (laughs) semi-science. And, you know, regrettably Interstellar probably has the most accurate in terms of time travel and gravity and all these things being factors. Bookshelves. If you you slow down time just enough, you can end up inside a bookshelf, I think is what that movie. That was the
3: takeout and then at the end you'll be in baseball.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Now this one is definitely in terminated territory. It's that cyclical predetermined it was always going to happen thing. But with a twist and the twist is. Less murder. Less murder, 100% less murder, significantly less murder. But the other thing is this idea of the clock is always running in San Dimas. Did Mm -hmm. you get that bit? No. So that's the. I th- it doesn't really make sense with the rest of the time travel theory. I think it's just to give the movie some urgency. So like George Carlin says to them just before they leave, "Don't forget the clocks are always running at San Dimas where they live." And so set your watch because if they take two days to do all this shit, they're going to miss the, the presentation. All right? Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't make sense because it's time travel, but it's. Oh, it's San Dimas, <laughs> though. Yeah, so maybe they live outside of time of somehow. Yeah,
3: yeah, there was. It, I actually did think that was an interstellar.
2: Oh, the, the sand, because it's the, like the, the gravity sand. there is different, or something. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
3: there was something there.
2: Yeah, so that's so that's a weird, interesting thing. I, I think they just put in for plot purposes and create a bit of tension because otherwise, you know, they got all the time in the world to prepare for this thing, I suppose. Quite literally. Yeah, but the other thing they've plucked these people out of history; they don't necessarily send them back with anything that was like the the Forrest Gump thing of like, and that's where that came from. I feel like mm. there was a missed opportunity to do more of that. I think they did a little bit of it and maybe they did more. So forgive me if I missed it because I didn't get it the first time. Mm. But one that they did do with Socrates was the.
1: All we are is dust in the wind, dude. Dust. Wind. Dude.
2: Dust in the wind. Mm. Socrates has a famous saying saying <laughs> it's not a saying it's a thing what's a, a, a quote
3: quote <laughs> when they when they say something and you
2: <laughs> our lives are but specks of dust falling through the fingers of time so I think they're saying oh that's he got it from Ted mm. I'm like oh, okay but I could have used a lot more of that there could have been a lot more of that mm. like if if See, now I'm worried I'm just – I don't – We've I've just missed, missed things. things. Yeah. We have. I think we have. I feel like we have, right? Because the other one that really gets me and then I'm like, oh, but I need to watch it again now because maybe they did do this is that <laughs> – and so maybe I'm being stupid. But I Googled it and I couldn't find – is that they had the perfect opportunity with Freud because he had a hot mom. Ah. And so he says it at the end. I had. I have Oedipus Complex. He says it. But then I don't think they necessarily – plant the seed that's where Freud got it from. Best case scenario, it's in there and it's not dialed up enough because these two idiots didn't find it. Yeah. But they could and we're have, medium idiots. Yeah, medium idiots, man. Come on. <laughs> but so they, they could have because uh yeah, he's got a hot mom, and Ted's got a dickhead dad. So kill the dad, bang the mum, that's Oedipus complex. That's that's Freud's whole thing. That would have been there could have been more things like that. Forest Gumpify this shit and then yeah, yeah, it. yeah So it's like, oh, so that's where all this shit came from. It's yep. uh, Bill and Ted have all this influence throughout history. Mm-hmm. That could have been nice. So, yes, there's some of that. Maybe there's more for that than I realized, but there could have been even more of that. No, supported. Supported. However, one genius thing they did do that I missed in the initial watch, the initial rewatch, I didn't get the genius of the police station scene. Did you get that? No. It is genius. This is like, in terms of movies that do this, this theory of time travel, the cycle. This is something we haven't seen before, I don't think, in any other movie. So basically, when they're at the police station, I'll play the clip because it probably explains it, and then if not, I'll elaborate.
1: How'd it go? fad. Our historical figures are all locked up. My dad won't let them out. Can we get your dad's keys? We could steal them, but he lost them two days ago. If only we could go back in time to when he had them and steal them then. Well... Why can't we? Because we don't got time. We could do it after the report. Ted, good thinking, dude. After the report, we'll time travel back to two days ago, steal your dad's keys and leave them here. Where? I don't know. How about behind that sign? That way, when we get here now, they'll be waiting for us. (laughs) See? Whoa, yeah! So, after the report, we can't forget to do this, otherwise it won't happen. But it did happen. Hey, it was me who stole my dad's keys. Exactly, Ted. <laughs> Come
2: on. Isn't, that's like kind of a mindfuck. And crazy. all the stuff that happens in the police station after that, I feel like to anyone that's watched this movie a lot, I'm stating the obvious, but I didn't get it right away. <laughs> Maybe Greg I,
3: didn't get it at all.
2: Yeah, the, they all the stuff that unfolds in that is <laughs> based on them thinking that they after all this is done, they'll travel back and put that thing there. So, again, it's all paying off as it's mm-hmm. meant to. It's kind of a mind fuck. I, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen that in any other. But it introduces like a new element, a new implication of that theory of time travel that just opens up a whole lot of shit. You can shit. do whatever then. <laughs> because then you're just basically this superpower yeah. where you're like, Greg's being a dickhead, so I'm going to travel in the future and drop a bucket of water on him right now. Drop Trips a bucket of out, water man. on me? I don't know. Where very, your mind went? Well, because he drops the bucket on his dad, uh, the bin on his dad. Uh, that just yeah, was in my head. Yeah. I added a bit of water. Fair enough. I, I'm a great improviser. Um, so I think that's genius. It is genius. Yet it opens up such a big can of worms it, that there's kind of could be no stakes in anything ever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely made me, it, it went, if this movie was say three and a half out of five stars... That scene alone makes it four and a half to me because that's just like, yeah, I That What was your it. favourite scene? I think it's the cleverest scene. I don't think it's my favourite scene. I think my favourite scene is <laughs> something is afoot. <laughs> Strange things are afoot. That's the Circle <laughs> K. Hey,
3: do you remember Circle K
2: in Australia? I remember the logo.
3: It was a circle. I feel like there was one at Gladesville. I think right. that Gladesville corner Caltex was one.
2: I wasn't sure if I just knew it from movies or if it was – uh,
3: there's definitely oh, was that Caltex
2: uh, in Gladesville, yeah. Yeah, the one on the
3: left, which is gone, by the way. I went to pull into oh. it the other day. I think they're building more apartments. But fun fact Circle K is owned by a um, French Canadian conglomerate. Ooh. Um, yeah. they've been trying to buy Caltex.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: But they've been trying to buy it for a while, but they've been lowballing on the price. Right. And then some uh, Singaporean mob have come in and bought the real estate. On the half or more than half of the ample ah. sites so there might, there might be Circle K here soon, yeah, maybe, maybe, something strange, maybe w- a foot which exactly might have been the plan all along.
2: Yeah, it makes sense, exactly. <laughs>
3: hey, back on the phone booths. yeah, in we're and we are and eyering whether that was intentional, I think it was intentional, and I think part of the banter is. That they're all squashed in there because the phone yeah. booth, the TARDIS, obviously you open. Oh, you going in. It's massive. You're going, in, it's huge. That's whereas right. this, they're all like crammed up against.
2: Yeah, the thing. I, do, I like that as a visual. That's fun. It was It's fun.
3: Well, it was a thing. Did you know it was a thing? Phone booth, phone booth stuffing
2: <laughs> was a thing. Really?
3: In 1959. 1959. <laughs> so the origins of phone of the telephone booth uh, stuffing. Yeah. Legend has it that. It was popularised by a group of 25, no less, 2-5 mm. South African uni students who managed to crown themselves into a single booth in 59 and it took off. Whoa. Spread the world, I assume, via social media.
2: It's like planking.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it would have just been all over.
2: All over TikTok.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, spread all through colleges and they're all trying so, you, you know, everyone at the other colleges <laughs> would try it. Wow. It was a real thing for 1959 and, easy, and then so it stopped. Everyone's it's like,
2: easy to look back at that and go, that's so dumb. But we do dumb shit all the time. Yeah. Like planking. It
3: feels more now. It, it except does. you wouldn't do it now because you'd if you crammed yourself into a phone booth, it's a fast ticket to uh, hepatitis down <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If you can find one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. We haven't actually really mentioned the new one yet. This is obviously us being strategic and being topical in releasing this this uh, episode at this time. There's a there, new one. There's a new one, and it's all very exciting, isn't it? There's trailers, and there's all kinds of things, and there's they got kids, they got daughters. Do um, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. One With of the them by Australia's own um, Samara Weaving, Hugo Weaving's niece.
3: Ah,
2: yeah, she's popping up all over the place. She's good. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. I like Hugo. Oh, Weaving. whoa, it's Miss uh, whoa. Agent Smith's daughter. Yeah. Nice. Because they, oh yeah, nice. Because they fight, they're enemies. Wow. Wow. So many cool. wows. But it, it also. That pressing the buttons much tonight. In, in seeing all this, yeah. <laughs> in seeing all these uh, these photos and promos, I really got a hand at. Well, I, I feel like Alex Winter deserves a bit of uh uh-huh. some of this anti aging attention oh, too. Oh my
3: goodness. Played a vampire. Yeah. In Lost Boys. Yeah. Possibly is a vampire.
2: Yeah. Because Keanu gets all the attention for the non-aging thing.
3: Yeah. And he was a vampire killer. Oh. In Bram Stoker's Dracula he was like the…
2: Oh, Keanu was. Keanu was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like his… I can't wait to do that movie. It keeps going on my shortlist and then gets bumped. But it's his worst performance in anything. Is which, it? is which is why it was like the Keanu Reeves is a bit of a joke thing. It was that, and then much ado about nothing, which was Shakespeare. Which is you, you got Ted's accent doing Shakespeare, <laughs> doing Shakespeare and Dracula, and it was a, it was a steep decline in the in the stock price at that point.
3: It's interesting that they took him there. And yeah. I say, if you buy a turtle to make your milk, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be disappointed.
2: I think it was him though, because he's definitely an artsy guy. Wow. I mean, that's I think Socrates said that. Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. He is like a pretty artsy dude. Yeah. But I think he just didn't quite realise his limits at where that his, point. Yeah.
3: Or where his strengths lie. Yeah.
2: But how lucky. So if you're making a sequel for something 30 years later, both of these guys are over 50.
3: Yeah. It's mental.
2: Imagine if they just cast it differently. How different that would be. Imagine if they cast James Spader and Val Kilmer. <laughs> what movie is that? Did the that? 80s come to you? I don't know. I was thinking of what would be the worst. Because, you know, people age very differently. They do. James Spader was a cutie patootie in the 80s. Was he? Yeah. And now he's an oddball creature, man. Yeah. And um, Val Kilmer, poor guy. He's had like throat cancer and stuff and he can't really talk. <laughs> now, I'm not making fun of that. <laughs> I just mean, I'm illustrating the point. So they've been very lucky in casting. I mean they went through a quite a rigorous casting process but they wouldn't they, be able to tell at that point that they're picking the two that are going to age the yeah, least.
3: Yeah, like throwing Paulie Shore in one now would.
2: Yeah. But you can get Paulie Shore on Cameo. You can. You can <laughs> you can wish you a happy birthday and whatnot. Yeah, or other things. But it made me think it's a bit of a distraction the fact that they still look so young because it made me think that the premise for the third movie, I'm, I'm preemptively repitching it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know if you've seen from the trailers, basically the premise is that they still haven't written the song it oh. saves the world. They still haven't done it and they've got so much pressure. And, and the pressure would be mounting. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, they're still ultimately the same Bill and Ted, still a couple of kids at heart. Whereas I wouldn't mind, we're talking 30 years on, You've got an audience that watched this in the 80s that have also grown up
3: you're going you're going down a Peter Pan Robin Williams kind yeah, actually that's, he's forgotten type yeah yeah
2: and that's a good way to put it because yeah. I didn't have that yeah, yeah there you go It's that basically or at least one of them does mm. and it would work better if one of them looked like James Spader because it, it just to be yeah. an ordinary dude at this point, you know he's he's wears an ill-fitting suit. He's, he's, he works in finance or whatever.
3: A shadow of his former yeah. 80s self.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was they also both thinking, look the same. They do that with, um, I mentioned Little Prince before, being of a similar vibe to mm-hmm. these two um, open-minded young dudes. Mm-hmm. And um, in the movie adaptation of that they did on Netflix, they they add a third act where Little Prince grows up and he is like that. He's lost his thing. Yeah. So that's actually where I stole it from. But I think that could be a nice way to as a trilogy to have like a thing that the I don't know. But I haven't seen it yet. And it sounds like they got a plan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust them in this one. Yeah. But I thought that could be interesting.
3: I like your repitches most of the time more than what they're throwing at me. So let's see what happens.
2: See what happens. It's me against them. They're gonna be so embarrassed. You
3: could stand up
2: in the cinema and go, ha (laughs) Exactly.
3: And then and then tell everyone in the theater what you thought.
2: Yeah. Is an option, it's a good option. Do
3: you know Alex Winter's dad was an Australian? Really, yeah, or, ah. and uh, they were both his parents were dancers. Really, yeah, is that where he got his shirt from?
2: I guess <laughs> it's quite a dancing shirt, and
3: it is a dancing shirt, yeah. You got to have a dancer's rig to wear that, yeah. I can wear that now, man. Or can you imagine? <laughs> that
2: would be Fuck.
3: That's literally the worst part of my body. Oh,
2: uh, I'm still. Greg and I are still working off the COVID-19 Yeah,
3: balance. we have five months of COVID-19 and we've been trying to work it off for, for two weeks now.
2: Yeah, and it's, we haven't worked it all off yet and we can't figure out why. What's
3: oh, it's a joke. Uh, uh, speaking of work, I don't know if Alex Winter needs to work because he's married to the Boss Baby lady. What? Her name's Ramsey-Ann Naito. She, uh, she created Boss Baby. She's like oh, head of like a Dreamworks thing, isn't she she's Dreamworks? like head of something at DreamWorks, Wow, she's a big deal.
2: He's directed a few movies. He's done bits and pieces. I think he's done theater and stuff too yeah
3: he's done a bit of, yeah quite a bit of directing apparently he's quite into the uh cyber security and identity fraud theft and right in terms of
2: movie content
3: both I guess, but in the movie world he's done two film, two docos
2: right um, on that stuff yeah. Hacked and whatnot. Oh, yeah, Hacked was the one. Uh, that's the one I looked at. Yeah, mm. He was in that too. Yeah, that's his jam. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I haven't seen any of those. The only other thing I've seen him in is Lost Boys and Bogus Journey. Um. Yeah, same. Similarly, someone who I know is a legend who I feel like I don't know enough about is George Carlin. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to really go deep on him in the researches in this. Yeah, I'm going to pay him his due at some
3: point. Me too. I had intended on it for this episode but yeah, I too. haven't.
2: I went down so many rabbit holes. One thing I did find I went down was.
3: A, I went down a two-hour rabbit hole <laughs> in circle, circle K. <laughs> I literally read like four or five articles. Did you have
2: it all up on your corkboard with red strings? I had to <laughs> yeah.
3: because I couldn't find the most recent articles of what was happening with the Carlex deal. Up your
2: sleeves. Is the Carlex deal. Uh, they lowballing them. They kept lowballing I just want to see how you tried to connect Chippendale's to Caltex, your tie's a bit askew. skew. Hair's all over the place. Carol brings you some black coffee. You try and explain it to her. You yell at Bruce to go to bed. <laughs>
3: go to bed, Jessica.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, man. Should we talk about the legacy of this movie? Sure. So there's a couple of things that uh, sprung to mind in watching this. I think one of them that is sort of bubbling under the surface is in these older movies... They would have characters like this who were kind of symbolic of a stoner type, but were not explicitly stoners. Yeah, like a Shaggy, Shaggy and mm-hmm. Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. who were kind of the more you think about it, were pretty obviously stoners. Mm-hmm. And then even um, even in the night, was it nineties? Dude, where's my car? I don't think they actually smoked weed in it, did they? I've never seen it. Haven't you? That one is they're definitely shooting for something like this in that movie. That's probably the closest thing, not in terms of quality, but the closest thing in terms of a movie really trying to do this. Mm. That movie is that. But, again, it's that type of thing like these guys. Are they time where, travel? No, but there's intergalactic things. Is there? There's all kinds of weird things. Oh, I the Continuum Transfunctioner. It's like a
3: whole. Oh, know. I thought they just lost their car.
2: Those were the main two I could think of, but I was thinking how much it's changed because these days they just make them overtly stoners. Like you got Harold and Kumar. They smoke weed in the opening scene. weed. (laughs) And you got. They're kind of similar types of movies. It's just. It just loses that innocent element to it, I suppose. Yeah. So I feel like if this was made today for the first time. Yeah. It would definitely be more like a Harold and Kumar or Pineapple Express type of movie. Yes. But better or worse. It'd be more Potentially worse. I think you missed then that weird Al Yankovic vibe of like the innocence and the pure earnestness of it all. The naivety. Yeah. Speaking of, this thing got turned into a cartoon for it like did. two years. I'm pretty sure I watched all of that. Did you? It was the first season had the original cast. Keanu yeah. Reeves was doing the voice and shit. I've got, um. I'll play the little intro here because why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for.
4: I had been selected for a most important journey. That's George Collins' voice. I was know? to help fulfill the destiny yeah, of the two the great, great ones, Bill and Ted.
1: Wild Stallions rule! And, still, and trouble moves too fast To save the future We must learn about the past Whoa! Whoa! whoa, whoa. Excellent!
2: So you get the idea. It's very cartoony-cartoon. It went on for two seasons, and as I said, the first season actually had... The original cast. So Why Keanu not? voiced the cartoon. George Carlin voiced the cartoon. Alex Winter, more believable. Yes, voiced the cartoon. In 1990, ran for two seasons. The second season apparently got a bit crazier. So the first season I think was done by Hanna-Barbera. The second season was done by Fox. And um, they introduced some new elements to the travelling, the sci fi ness. So they made it so that they could enter literature, they could enter TV shows, and they could shrink. So they could go into the human body. So it basically mm. opened up all these different types of adventures, which I think is a good idea. Because if you think about it, the second movie has no time travel, bogus journey. They go to hell and they go to heaven and stuff. I don't think oh, they yeah. time travel. So I kind of it made me think that this again, I'm not repitching the third one, but I feel like there was potentially a missed opportunity here to make just like a whole series of movies where they do different things mm. along those lines. Like they go into a like TV Harold show. And Kumar. Yeah, like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and Bill and Ted go to Mars or, you know, they go shrinking, they go inside the body that's, oh, I can't remember oh. the movie name. Bill and Ted's Adventure to Uranus. Oh. Yeah, no, they've got that kind of shit happening. I think that's kind of interesting. And the fact that- Villa- we- Oh, could they go under the sea? Under the sea, yeah. Bill and Ted- and meet King Neptune. Yeah. Bill and Ted meet King Neptune. See, This shit writes itself. Bang Mermaids. I mean, maybe all this stuff happened in the cartoon, but I think it was very interesting, if you recall in the origin story- talked about Ed Solomon who wrote Men in Black and he wrote the Super Mario Brothers movie. You could imagine those scripts being Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. The aliens in Men in Black, you could imagine a bit of a intergalactic romp there. And You're totally my, the, not going to remember this. The Mario Brothers thing, maybe they go into the game because, you know, why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. So this could be a franchise more like, you know, Ernest Saves Christmas <laughs> and just do it until it's annoying as shit. So maybe it's not a great it idea. Make Sweet I Bank suppose. Bro. Yeah, Make Sweet Bank Bro. I'm on board. I like it. Oh, another thing I discovered earlier this week was the Bill & Ted cereal. Super cereal? Yeah, Bill & Ted cereal based on the cartoon, which I noticed on, on the box, on Pack Promotion, win a phone booth. And stuff your mates into it. Yeah, why are you going to win a phone booth? Wouldn't I your mum be pissed if you someone won Someone did win it. They must have. It was the or prop the from original the movie. One. That one was the original one. I think this was, no, just, this was a. just a phone booth. <laughs>
3: My parents used to get really upset. I went through a klepto phase where I would, you know, and other people did the same. I did stealing yeah. street signs and, and um, roadblocks and things. I stole
2: candy. No, we stole oh. some of that stuff. But no, I
3: stole street like roadblocks. I blocks.
2: used to steal. Um, oh, I had some of that. I had one stuff. Out of the
3: flashing light. Yeah, I had one of those
2: lights actually. Yeah, I, that was after. That was like a uni. My day, parents' so.
3: council. My my parents' garage looked like a council
2: headquarters. <laughs> I used to steal the posters out of the bus stops. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you could stick your finger up and yeah. pull the hook out. LJC to go. It was mad for um, movie posters. They were so big. big. Nylon posters. Yeah. Except I'd always just get random ones because it was more of a klepto thing of like, I just wanted to steal something. Mm. So I had a massive, like, frosty fruits one. Oh, <laughs> who doesn't like, like a frosty fruit? Yeah. I actually, that could be good art now, couldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing that I didn't realize was there's all, there was also a live action series. I didn't know. Seven that. episodes in 1992. Bill and Ted not played by these two guys, but played by two other guys. Yeah, two different actors. I've got a clip here. Sounds terrible. It's terrible. Oof.
1: I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire. And I am Ted Theodore Logan. And together we are Wild
4: Stands. Ted. That! Ah, uh, sir, what are you doing here? What am I doing? What are you doing? Does Kilson pay you guys to jump around and scare the hell out of his customers? I'm Mr. Logan, sir, if I might say. Shut up, Preston. This is Logan business. Somebody ought to send the both of you to military academy and teach you some discipline. Here, Kilson said if I brought these in by noon, the engraver could have them ready by tonight's policeman's banquet.
2: It's a couple of guys doing a couple of impressions. <laughs> he, says, he says he does a good impression. He does good. The um, you probably can't see from that far away. When you look up close, it's like a bit too, it's a bit uncanny valley. It's like a weird, yeah, right, a bit too just similar, a bit off, yeah, a bit off, yeah, it's weird, like the Seinfeld, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. can't
3: reference Seinfeld,
2: apparently. Yeah. Do you know anyone that? God, knows no, Seinfeld? I don't. Uh, hey, Greg, do we know anyone that like, likes Seinfeld? Like Tristan
3: likes it, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got one more clip. It's not really relevant. It's not really talking point, but it's just hilarious. I, I saw it. I've been going down this rabbit hole on YouTube recently of, like, just awkward interview moments and things. But this is a great interview recently where he's asking me about Bill & Ted 3 before it's been announced, so it's still, like, in development. Yeah. And um, it's just great.
4: News of the Bill & Ted 3. What does, um, does, is Bill's voice going to come back naturally? Is it hard to get back into the actual voice, the cadence of Bill? I played Ted. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> You just lost all of your cred, dude. Get out of
2: here, Bob. He's a real Bob type. That's that Bob. One, That's definitely a relative. Fuck of off, Bob. We don't want you. You and your shit interviewing. Th- three's a crowd, buddy. Yeah, you're off your case, Bob. We're gonna, Bob. Should we get into the verdict? Let's get in the verdict.
0: I don't know what to say, really.
1: I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you
4: waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you nothing further, Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that.
2: Overall thoughts, you know what? I call this a delightful romp. I, I feel guilty that I didn't give it the full second viewing because I feel like I just scratched the surface of some goodness that I missed the first time, and I feel guilty because you know we we try and do the, do the mm. due diligence. But mm, yeah, apologies. I will be watching this one again. I look forward to doing Bogus journey, and I look forward to, to Bill and Ted face the music part yeah. three. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely something we don't get a lot of these days because these days you get the movies with the actual stone, and it's all it's all a bit crass and yeah. it's all a bit dirty.
3: Yeah, you don't get the thirty-two year sequels.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Weekend burn Bernie's 3 soon.
3: Oh, with Jonathan Silverman and the other guy?
2: Yeah, and like a pile of dust, which is… Dust in the wind. Dust in the wind. That's what they say. What about you, Greg?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, it was an ode to innocence, an ode to friendship. Yeah, that's Isn't... a good point.
2: the Their the, the friendship is strong. Yeah,
3: it's yeah. a nice… It's pure. It's so pure. Yeah. Pure as white as snow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was okay. I I am looking forward to watching Bogus. Yeah, me too. Because that, as you know, as we've said, I did see a few
2: clips in watching like making of and stuff. They did one making of thing that looked at both movies, and it it, I just saw a few clips and it just reminded me of a few things, and it just seems more off the wall. Mm. Seems more like surreal. I like death. Weird shit going on. Yeah, I like death. They're going to weirder places, like not just history. Yeah. Anyway, that's for another time. That's <laughs> for another time. We digress. <laughs> we digress. Hey, did Simpsons do it? I think they did. There was something, I think. I feel like there was something. I couldn't find it but there was an episode called Almost Excellent Adventure. That's the closest yeah, thing I could Homer find. Homer and Bart
3: do something in a Treehouse episode or something. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. Bechdel. Bechdel, nope, hard no. They they kidnap princesses from history to become their babes. Yeah, they're into it, but. <laughs> um, porn parody. I found a couple. Will and Ed's excellent boner Christmas. <laughs> There's so many elements in that. <laughs> it's one of the best we've ever. Will
3: had. and Ed's excellent boner Christmas. <laughs>
2: Why is it Christmas? I don't know if that was a franchise and that was just the holiday oh. special. Um, but then my favourite one, just keep it simple, stupid. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Oh yeah, good. Um, FX test, yes. And actually another little thing on the, on the new one, I would love if they kept the special effects from the old ones in the new one. Yeah. Because it's the same future, right? Yeah. So they should have the same. They should. You can't just make the future look better now because well, we've got better technology. It should look like how it looked. It's the same future. Sh- Time's a flat circle. Well,
3: hopefully they still have those speed dealer sunglasses. <laughs> yeah.
2: Those were very of the time. Really? They made a big comeback in the year 2200. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. cyclical. Did you do any six degrees of JCVD by I did. Chance? There was a
3: low-hanging fruit here. Ah, uh, there was? Mr. Agent he- Hollywood's Asian henchman Al Long was in this. Oh. Genghis Khan. Of course. <laughs> he's in like so many things. Yeah. I don't know if he's in a Van Damme movie. He's in Joshua Tree though. That's got Dolph Longren. Ah. There's probably other ways in from him to Van He's
2: probably in, he's he's probably like Kerry Tagawa, or he's, he's in every yeah. movie that needed Asian people. In that well, he
3: was also a stunt man, so he did, uh, he was in, he's in heaps of stuff.
2: You know what? I really want to do Mortal Kombat soon because we, when we talked about Kerry Tagawa back when we did Showdown in Little Tokyo, yeah. it was like our third episode and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I'd love to talk about him again and yeah. he's in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, because he has that strength. where he talks about playing Asian characters in Hollywood and even though they're stereotypes, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah,
3: Such a, it's so good. That does. We need to revisit definitely that. Definitely deserves a resurface. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll do that eventually. Not too soon though because we've got Street Fighter coming up, don't we? What are we doing next week? Oh,
3: what are we doing next week?
2: I think we're doing something good. We, oh, uh, stand by me. Is that on any of the streamers? I'm sure it was until we decided to do it. Yeah, I think it was
3: on Netflix for like seven years. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know what? I think now's the time. Let's do it. <laughs> I do that. Con- well, like this movie. This was on everything for a little while. Yeah. And then we decided to do it. Um, so that's coming up. We've got a few others coming up which are going to be interesting. And uh, Yeah. yeah okay. It should be a good
3: batch. Finally got a lethal weapon in the mix a after reading the – their- They've had a bit of
2: airtime
1: <laughs> given every top them. ten we read. A sermon. lot.
2: A lot. Dick Tracy is going to be in there. Crocodile Dundee is going to be there. Um, Predators coming soon as we mentioned. It's all happening. All happening here at the Tap Podcast. Very, very exciting. If you're still listening, hopefully that means that you're enjoying the show. And if you're enjoying the show, we would love if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. But, hey, we appreciate you guys listening. Hit us up on the socials if you want to say hello, give us a follow, find more content. A lot of the clips we play, we put on the socials for your visual delights. Uh-huh. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next week for a little bit of stand by me. Actually, stand by me, Will Wheaton from Keanu to River Phoenix. Will Wheaton. We'll